Hey guys, I'm Caleb Kosterke, and this is the Proven Progression Podcast. This is the very first episode ever recorded, so thanks for tuning in. If you're listening to this, you either deep creeped my podcast and went way back, or you're with me from the beginning. Either way, thanks for being here, and I'm stoked to have you along for the ride. This is uh, something I've been wanting you to do for a while, but uh, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I'm not a great public speaker. Um, I don't really like talking in front of cameras or really talking at all. But uh, I get a lot of questions on Instagram, and it seems like people want to know my input on things. I'm not sure why, because I don't really know anything. I just know how to ride a snowmobile. But uh, I figured this would be a good platform to answer those questions and maybe give some helpful information. Um, a lot of what I'm going to go over just has to do with clinics and uh, my business, and it's kind of going to be a resource for people to learn more about my company, what I do, the clinics I offer, how to prepare for those clinics, and that type of thing. Maybe down the road, um, I'll branch out into more topics. Uh, who knows? You know, I have a huge passion for fitness, and uh, I have a passion for tying fitness together with sledding. So maybe um, I'll start doing a lot more podcasts on that. Uh, we'll just see what happens. Being that this is the first podcast, all I'm going to do is go over a little bit of my history, um, Proven Progressions history, what uh, I'm looking forward to in the future, and just uh, basic information about my company and what we're doing. My story starts at age two when my parents bought me a little mini Z, 120 mini Z, and uh, they encouraged me to ride it. And I rode it around this this field with like four inches of snow and I uh, crashed a lot. I think I was hitting trees before I was even out of diapers. Um, I grew up riding around the house and riding with my dad. And then at age 13, I started like really seeing um, videos on the internet and uh, YouTube and sled films. And I was like, man, that is sick. Like those guys aren't just ripping around in a field and like going out with their dad. Like those guys are sending it and actually uh, doing rad things on a sled. So that kind of cultivated a passion in me. I was like, I, I want to be that guy. Like I want to be that guy in the film. And I remember the exact moment when I decided like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. Like this is what I'm going to do. Um, I was watching Chris Brandt and it was a teaser video for one of his schooled films. And he's just chewing this gnarly side hill through the trees. And it hits me. I'm like, that is badass. That's so sick. Like I have to be that guy. And it was at that moment, I like kind of transitioned my mindset from, you know, this being a fun activity I do with my dad into, I got to get better at this. Like, how do I get better? So I bought the schooled films. I started learning downhill U-turns, um, learned better side hilling technique, elevators, and uh, all the moves they teach in that, and just slowly progressed my skills. As I started progressing my skills, the obsession started taking over and it, <laughs> it consumed me. It All I would think about all day long, every single day, was riding and how to get better at riding. I was obsessed with the sport on like a superficial level, just enjoying doing it. And then on a deeper level of like, I have to be the best I possibly can. And this means something. This means more than just going out and having fun doing a hobby like all the other hobbies I had at the time. Like this, it it was a passion deep rooted in who I was and what I wanted to do with my life. Because of all that obsession, it uh, led me to buying a camera because I wanted to relive my weekends during the week. I just couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't wait five days to ride on that next Saturday. And 
I had to get my hit some other way. So recording videos and rewatching them was a way to like make those memories last and relive those moments during the week. And then eventually I started posting that stuff on YouTube. And if you go back to my YouTube, you can still find some of the original videos I posted at uh, 14, 15 years old. I don't recommend doing that because they're pretty terrible. But uh, maybe if you want some inspiration, if you're like 14, 15 years old and um, want to turn sledding into a career, you can go back and look at how terrible my videos were and might give you some hope for your own future. When I was 15, I put together some resumes and sent them out to sponsors. I didn't even think they were called resumes. I thought they were called resumes because I was so young and ignorant. But I uh, sent those out to a few companies and didn't really hear anything back. Um, finally, I got a response from Motorfist, and they were my first sponsor. They didn't do much, but uh, I sure appreciated the little bit they did. I think I got some f- little bit of free gear and um, a discount on the rest of the gear I needed. But at that point, I was making like eight bucks an hour and paying for everything myself. So not having to buy a coat um, or a pair of pants was actually a pretty big deal. And I was stoked on that. Um, I was so pumped just because it felt like I was making progress towards um, my goals. I wouldn't say anything too noteworthy happened from 15 years old until like 18, 19 years old. I just, uh, I really struggled with sleds. I had a ton of issues that held me back. And that was the biggest thing that held me back was just sleds that were always broke and having no money. Um, I did all my own wrenching, which caused even more issues because then my sleds were breaking, not only because I was wrecking them or because they had issues. I was wrenching on them and making things even worse. Um, it was a huge battle and I like wanted to give up sledding. I was so frustrated and burnt out just from working on dumpy sleds. Finally, I uh, saved up enough money to get a newer sled and I started having a little bit better sled luck with um, the newer sleds. And that's when my riding really started pro- to progress. You know, I had a better sled. I had more money because I um, was working a lot more construction and built a skill set there. And then I was old enough to start traveling, have my driver's license so I could go ride. Uh, I started filming with Thunderstruck, filmed a couple of Thunderstruck segments, and then picked up 509 as a sponsor, and then filmed a few 509 segments. Um, After some of those segments were filmed, I got a contract with Polaris. And most of you guys probably have followed me, you know, since that time era. That's kind of when I started blowing up on social media was... um, while I was riding Articat or during that transition from Articat to Polaris. And, uh, you know, I probably won't go into too much detail because I think most people know that part of my story. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably followed me on Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or all of them. And you've seen all of my posts from um, 2018 on. That's when I started getting a, a fairly decent following in the industry. Uh, you probably don't know all of the behind the scenes stuff and Um, basically what was going on is I was working ridiculous hours all summer and spending nothing except on sled stuff. And, uh, I was getting pretty burnt out, even though everything looked phenomenal from the outside. I had a decent following on social media. I had what looked like great sponsors. I invented some new tricks, like my riding was progressing and, I was pumped on my writing and pumped on like everything that was happening on social media and all of that. But I, it was costing me like 65,000 a winner to ride. And 
that's like with sponsors and everything. Like it, it was costing me so much money that everything else in my life had to be like put on hold just so I could focus on work and sledding. And that was it. So it seemed like I was making great progress towards my goals and I was accomplishing a lot, but uh, my bank account didn't reflect that. And in the end, that's uh, kind of what matters. <laughs> we need money. Money is uh, really important. And, you know, doing what you love is great. But if you don't have any money to buy food or fix your truck when it breaks, like you're still kind of screwed. So there has to be some sort of balance of um, doing what you love and making money. And I was, wasn't really sure what that was. Like I was so obsessed with the sport and putting so much into it that my career was suffering and my, you know, I wasn't making as much as I needed to, to like get some solid investments going. So, uh, that left me frustrated and, um, not really knowing what to do because I knew I didn't want to guide. I wasn't really that interested in business. And I had a pretty narrow mindset of like, become a good rider, get sponsors, make it a career. And I didn't have um, a very broad business mindset at the time. So that really held me back and kind of screwed me over for, you know, actually accomplishing financial gains um, at that time. So obviously things are a little different now. Um, how did it, how did it change? Well, Chris Brown invited me up to teach clinics with him in Whistler, BC. And I went up there, I taught several clinics under his business and I just kind of showed up as an athlete and tagged along and then, um, helped teach the skills. And I realized like there are some rad people out there that will pay for clinics. And I love teaching clinics. If I can be on the mountain with guys that have a similar passion for the sport and a desire to progress, like I can have a phenomenal day um, doing that. And up until that point, I only had experience guiding and I, I hate the guiding experience. Like it's not, yeah, if you get a gr good group, it's going to be fun. But I don't like going out and feeling this pressure just to like show people cool zones. Uh, it's a, it's a completely different experience and different expectation than teaching a clinic. And I think you get different clients. So I really had phenomenal clients that first year with Chris and it kind of started like started opening my eyes into like, Oh, like you know what? I could do this. Like this is a good opportunity. And on top of that, I made pretty good money even working for him. So I was pumped on that and, uh, still very, thankful for the opportunity he gave me. And, um, he, he's kind of responsible for like opening my eyes into, uh, what I could do clinic wise and how enjoyable that actually is. During that same time, Kyle Hustis bought the guiding permits in Sealy from another guy. And he knew who I was through social media and hit me up and he's like, Hey, you want to um, work together on like this pro ride thing where, you know, I guide and you come along as an athlete and just show off to the guys. So I did that and uh, learned how awesome Kyle Hustis is and that he's, he's just a phenomenal dude. And I was pumped on working with him. And uh, that spring I was like, Hey, like, can I start my own company and just work under your permits and give you, you know, the permit money and run things, um, you know, my style under my business and do clinics instead of guiding. And he was all for it. So we started a, a really good business relationship at that point. And that was the very start of proven progression.
The first year of proven progression, I only did a few advanced clinics and the first clinic actually only had three guys show up and I'm pretty sure that clinic uh, cost me money to go to by the time I filled my truck with fuel, my sled with fuel, paid for the permits and uh, all my other expenses, I was actually in the hole. It wasn't super motivating, but uh, I was pretty confident things would get better and they did. Clinics uh, started booking um, better throughout that winter and I was started getting like six guys per clinic and um, you know I, I made money well I didn't really make money I made enough to like cover my expenses so my winter didn't cost me anything but I also didn't make anything then year two uh, I started making a little bit more money maybe not as much as I would have if I just worked construction but it was definitely profitable and uh, clinics were booking up and I was getting a lot of repeat clients and just a lot of really phenomenal guys coming in. And then year three, which was last year, was uh, by far my best winner profit wise, uh, partly because I started the bunkhouse, um, remodeled a place and turned it into like a bunkhouse, lodge, cabin, whatever you want to call it for my clients. So at that point, um, I started making money off the accommodations as well as the guiding. This last winter was the first winter I actually made money and it made sense financially to ride snowmobiles. Felt like a huge accomplishment because I have, you know, so many years into this and every year cost me so much money. And finally, I kind of broke through that plateau or that I broke through that level into actually making money off what I love, not just uh, spending my money doing it. So I'm pretty pumped on that. But I have a long ways to go because one of my main goals is to get out of construction. And that's been one of my goals since I was probably 18, 19 years old. And so far, I'm still relying on construction to pay my bills. So over the next few years, I'm hoping that uh, that's not the case anymore. And um, my goal is to turn proven progression into a year round full time um, job for myself. And then after I turn it into a full time job for myself, within the next few years, I want to turn it into a full time job for Isaac. Currently, he works for me December through March, but uh, my goal is to keep him on um, proven progression payroll year round. And um, you know, provide a passion-based job for him. I've been working on some really cool things for Proven Progression for this year, but unfortunately, due to my health issues I'm dealing with, I'm way behind. I'm almost a full year behind where I thought I was going to be at this uh, point in this season. So it's going to get put on hold and going to happen next year. And uh, I'm going to be sharing more about my health issues and what I'm dealing with on another podcast. That'll actually be podcast episode number three. Um, you know, it, it's been a big struggle and it's really holding me back business wise and well, really everything in my life. Um, but I'm still pushing forward with clinics this year and it's still going to be the biggest clinic year I've had yet. I have a whole bunch of clinic options and more availability than ever before. For this year, we are doing a beginner clinic, an intermediate clinic, an advanced clinic, a pro ride clinic, a jump clinic, and a ladies specific clinic. With all those options, I feel like that kind of covers every backcountry rider out there. I'm not going to go into detail of what every clinic offers uh, just because that's not really what this podcast is about. I will do that um, in a future episode and cover each 
clinic and really break them down like where each rider fits and how you know um, what clinic you're ready for. But uh, just kind of a general guideline is a beginner clinic is for someone just getting into off-trail riding. An intermediate clinic is for someone with a couple years of experience and they're comfortable riding in the backcountry. They can get their sled on edge. Um, maybe they're side hilling but need some help side hilling. The advanced clinic are for guys that are very confident side hilling. They're uh, learning bow ties, hopovers, reentries, but maybe still need some help. The pro ride is for guys that have already done an advanced clinic or guys that uh, I approve. And it's based more off of like finding camera angles for stuff and getting into flow state and some of the like high level peak performance things um, I've learned through my journey. And it's less on actual riding skills. Then the jump clinic is for anyone who wants to learn to jump, you don't have to have any skill on a sled, but I do recommend at least having the basics down before coming to a jump clinic. And then the ladies specific clinic is an intermediate clinic for ladies only. So no guys are allowed at that. And uh, Mandy Fable's going to help me teach that clinic. Like I said, I'll do another episode where I really break down every clinic and the details to go along with it just for uh, those guys that aren't sure what clinic they fit into or what to expect. So I'll do a full podcast episode dedicated just to that in the near future. Clinics are the main focus for this coming year and keeping the bunkhouse booked. You can actually book the bunkhouse through the Proven Progression website now, and I'm doing that all through my own booking service instead of uh, using Airbnb. Airbnb takes a pretty hefty fee, so trying to you know, up my profit margin a little bit and then just keep everything in house by uh, letting guys book right through the website. So to wrap up everything that Proven Progression is doing this year, it is the clinics that I talked about, the bunkhouse rental, YouTube episodes, how-to YouTube content, and these podcast episodes. And then of course, my regular Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook posts. That pretty much sums up this episode. Thanks for uh, tuning in. You know, please have some grace with me. This is my first podcast. This is the first Proven Progression podcast. So, you know, you don't want to start out good because then it's hard to improve. So why don't you just start out with the worst podcast and then slowly get better from there? That's how I think about it. I don't really think about like, you know, the first five episodes and like providing a lot of good content there. I think about episode number 500 and um, how eventually the content will be good. And when I get to that number 500 episodes in, you know, I better be putting out some good content by then. And that's how I think, like, I think long-term, I don't think about this podcast and how awkward it is and how, you know, nobody's going to listen to it. And it also sucks. I think about if I do this podcast episode now and a bunch more like it, eventually I'll start getting better and it's a skill I can work on. And when I get to that 500 mark or somewhere around there, I will have developed, you know, hopefully an expert podcasting skill by that point. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with me through this first podcast episode. Um, lots more to come. And uh, if you want to follow me, you know, my Instagram handle is at Caleb Kisterke. Facebook's Caleb Kisterke. TikTok's Caleb Kisterke. It's all Caleb Kisterke. So Google my name, search me on uh, social media platforms, 
and you'll find me. If you want to help support what I'm doing, um, just like like the content I post, drop a comment on it. It helps the algorithm. Um, that's like one of the most beneficial things you can do. And then uh, the bigger thing you can do to help out is uh, book a riding clinic and come ride with me. So hope to see you guys on the snow and, uh, you know, stay tuned for more.